Hey guys, welcome to our podcast, our sixth podcast, East Meets West uh, Real Estate. Mr. Hussein Kavani from the East End of Toronto, Stephen Zelnardo in the West End of the GTA in Toronto, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it out today. We got a few topics to talk about. Yep. Uh, one we're gonna talk about a weekend uh, weekend review in real estate. Second yep. is one of your concerns. Yeah. Uh, Want to talk about external factors affecting real estate? Okay. Yeah. Uh, More specifically, because of the uh, GM plant closure in Oshawa. Okay, cool. And the third one, well, I guess we could talk about mindset. I got a Napoleon Hill's book here, Positive Action Plan. There's uh, an interesting quote for today that I think we should read out, which would be nice, right? Awesome. Cool, buddy. How was your week? You had an exciting week. Yeah, a week yeah. has been, again, it's been really good. Um, we had that property in Vaughan that was starting to talk about. Yeah, we were, about. were mentioning it. Yeah, yeah. so we, we had this listed a couple of times. So originally, we listed it way higher than I would have ever suggested it to sure. do it. Uh, we were like, you know, 1769000 which is way out of whack for that property. Uh, then we dialed it, then we managed to, I think, dial it down to, you know, just over like $1.7 million, which is still too much. And then we came out to uh, 1695000 And I think on the podcast, I was saying that we had, in like 11 days, we had one showing. Yeah. So like really nothing happened from that. Yeah. Um, and it, we, got, we were getting to a point of it's just like the seller's not desperate to sell the property, would like to sell the property. But we're coming into a period where, you know, things are probably not going to start happening too sure. much. And it gets stressful, right? Yeah. Uh, so we were at the point of we're going to pull the property. But I said, let's try one last thing. So we went from, uh, yeah, we went from one six nine five. But this was after even doing market research. So like, I'll be honest, like, so I don't know that well of the West End and how things work. Like you give me a listing in Pickering, Ajax, somewhere in Durham. Like I'll tell you who's coming there. I'll tell you who the demographic is, how to pitch this property and everything else like that. So for this listing over here, once we had it on the market, it didn't really work out. Then I then I got like, okay, I can't have it terminate or whatever else like that. I got to do everything possible. So yeah. we did market research. Basically, in that little pocket there, we pulled the last uh, 20 houses that have actually closed. Yeah. And I had uh, Nizam from my office go and knock on everybody's door. Okay. And basically say... Why'd you move here? I, I know you move here. Congratulations, whatever. Uh, I have a listing over <laughs> here, but I just have a couple of questions yeah, for sure. you. Like, why did you end up moving to this area? What made you pick this area? So we got some details on why they picked Why the were area. they moving to the area? Sorry? Why were they moving there? They were moving into the area because they were coming from busier areas. And so they actually found that area to be quiet, uh, peaceful. They liked the, the green areas that were yeah. around it because they were coming from areas like... Uh, uh, Eglinton and Young, Eglinton and uh, It's a high and, Jewish yeah. population there too, right? Yeah. Russian so, Jewish. So they were coming up from areas like that, like Midtown up into Vaughan. And so they found it quiet. They liked the green area. Um, they like uh, the shopping amenities that were around Absolutely. the area as well. Yeah. Um, so that was, and then uh, people were also moving there because they were starting to have families. And if they had families, the kids were uh, getting older and stuff. Sure. So they wanted to put them into uh, what they consider to be better schools over here as well. Hmm. Um, so that was uh, one of the reasons that they were, some of the reasons that they were moving here. So yeah, we went door, like I sent him door knocking. We <laughs> asked these questions. Um, and yeah, so we got a little bit more feedback. So we were able to uh, gear up our marketing a little bit differently. Even after all of those efforts, the main thing was is that we dropped the price, okay, yeah. to a, a, a retarded number. So we went from one six nine five to one four nine five. So we dropped the price <laughs> two hundred thousand bucks. Whatever about the market research, it gave us a little bit more insight. Sure. But ultimately, price drove price, it. Yeah. So uh, we started picking up showings. 
rapidly picked sure. up showings and how many square else. feet that was a big house yeah it was a, it was like three thousand square feet the house okay fair enough yeah yeah plus the finished basement yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah, it was, was nice probably no, like i saw it online yeah it yeah. was probably like around you know four thousand forty five hundred square foot house uh really nicely done uh but ultimately we ended up getting a ton of showings on the property uh we got a bunch of lowball offers on it. So even at 1495, I got offers at like 135. Uh, and actually, <laughs> the offer that we ended up working with started at 1395. Come on. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, 13, yeah, 135. Um, so, long story short, we listed it at 1495, ended up getting two offers, another verbal ish offer. Uh, we ended up selling it for 158. Which is fantastic. Yeah, so, you went 80K over your, uh, your last price. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and it's so so really goes to show you like price will drive everything, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, so that was a, that was a good one. We've got a couple of offers out on uh, with our buyers, like a conditional conditional offers. Uh, there's a really nice house in Pickering. We have an offer out on right now. It's a custom built by a smaller builder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice house. Apparently, after the home inspection, found out the builder took a bunch of shortcuts and everything else like that. So the buyers got a bit of cold feet. Um, oh, what kind of shortcuts? <laughs> You know, like things that weren't like, so there's like a roof kind of uh, piece on top of the main door entry, yeah, like a roof. Canopy, yeah. yeah, so the thing is, is that uh, above that roof, it's not uh, completed on the inside. So out from outside, you really can't tell until you take a ladder and you look inside. It's not finished on the what top it? of it. Kept it just wood? It's, it's just like a blue... Um, blue skin. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know what it is. So yeah, so it's not finished off. Uh, so that was one of the things... There was a couple of other issues. Yeah, but with, they can fix that. They yeah. just got to get a guy. They're going to basically torch a new roof on it. It's yeah. a flat roof style, yeah. right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, yeah. I mean, that's that's not too bad. Uh, like, look, uh, I can go through the details of everything. There's not, like, everything in that report can be fixed. And yeah. and, and it will be fixed based on warranty. But what ends, what ends up happening? If you're spending, you know, $1.3, $1.4 million, you haven't spent that kind of money on a property before, you have a home home inspector go in, the guy used the super thorough, probably scare the heck out of you. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but he's pointing out the things that need to be done. He basically said everything should be done under warranty. I'm not impressed by the way that this guy Built. did some of the stuff or whatever else like that. But essentially, there's nothing wrong with the house. Uh, and here's a list of items that you can even add to your 30-day. Even then, the... You know, the buyer. buyer got cold feet yeah. uh, about it. So, um, yeah, uh, we had that. So we're, that's an ongoing thing for the yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah, and yeah. then one other thing I'll tell you about one of the transactions we had. Uh, there was a house in, in Scarborough that we put an offer in on. Uh, it's listed at 649. I called the agent prior to putting in the offer. Uh, we came in low, uh, but I called the agent prior to coming, uh, making the offer. And I was like, well, look, I looked at the comps and everything. Can you, can you help me understand what's going on? The price seems kind of high. And she's like, sure. yeah, it is a little bit high. She's like, the price is a bit high. We'll work with you, whatever. So we sent in an offer at 595. I know it was a little bit low. That's where the buyer wanted to start. We were going to come up uh, under price. I don't want to say where because we're still working on it. But, sure. uh, you know, they came back. The property is listed at 649.9. They came back at 650 camera offer. And I'm like, <laughs> what, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so yeah. it's, uh, it, like, to me, it didn't even talk. make sense. Like, uh, yeah. So they told her they were going to work. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. So it didn't yeah. make sense. But overall, it's been a good week. At least we have these things yeah, in the Yeah, yeah, it's activity and, going. And, and, and you know what? Uh, and I think I mentioned this before. Sometimes I feel like I end up having to counsel the the seller's agent sometimes every time and, yeah and, and then coach them into it and say Even the hey, buyer's like, agent. why would you do yeah. this like yeah, yeah. we should have approached it like this and 
And then they're, oh yeah, that's that's right. I, we should have done that. It's, like, it's double duty right now. Yeah. And and I find that in every deal I'm doing right now. As yeah. I told my wife the other night, I go, it's, it's got to be the worst year for this because it's, it's 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 almost like they're just confused yeah. and nobody knows what's going on. And yeah. then you and you see like the, all the mistakes that they're making, and and they kill the deal on their own. And you gotta yeah. like guide them before. Yeah. So that's double duty. Like yeah. you know, you're you're coaching the the other realtor to get this to get this deal done. It's yeah. incredible. But so they exactly like so the thing is is that like look, why would you come back? Like I don't want to yeah. keep harping on it, but yeah. like if you're telling me on the phone that there's room and you're coming back at six fifty, like for me, I would uh, look at the the psychology behind it, right? So the thing is, you have it at six forty nine nine. Now you're counter offering at six fifty. Like, what do you think is going to happen on the other end? Like, this is something I can't, like, I have to go back to my buyer uh, legally and ethically. I have to go back and tell them. But what do you think that's going to do on their mindset? Yeah, no, they're going to say they're unreasonable. It's not a, it's not a good, it's not a good place to be. It's not a great so play, playground. So on top playground. of all of that, we know that the market is not moving as it used to before. Sure. So when you get an offer, it becomes that much more valuable to try to work with it yeah. and, and be productive with it. See, I would have appreciated it if that agent just called me back and said, "Hey, look, you know, my client's being a bit difficult yeah. or whatever else. They yeah. want to come back at this number. At least I would have had the opportunity to help or try to coach them and explain my point of view. If you come back sure. at this, this is what's going to happen." Yeah. But they just sign it back to me like this. And it's just like, I have no choice now. You kind of burned your bridge. Now I have to go back with this offer legally and ethically to my client and say, this is what they came back at. And that's automatically going to deter them. Now I got to work even harder with them. Yeah, and yeah, the negotiations yeah, yeah. are not going to be as smooth as the whole, the whole year has been like this. Yeah. It's, it's been one battle after another. Yeah. It's, it's one of those years where now you're going to start seeing the cleanse of realtors. I think I mentioned this on a, on a previous podcast where we're starting to see realtors move from office to office because... Production's not where it was, and now they're thinking a different office will get their production back up. Yeah, you're seeing that in your office. I'm seeing it here. Like we have so many migrants here. Like it's this is the pilgrimage yeah. to, to real estate here. But uh, it is what it is, and, and the cleanse is happening as people are, are their incomes are getting lower and lower and lower. They're gonna have to find a real job, as they used to say in Mike Ferry's. Yeah, but like I also noticed somebody, somebody that moved from home life to a Remax office, and they apparently, you know had a big presence or they said to everybody they have a big presence yeah from home life they came over to remax uh they had a big presence and everything else like that yesterday i'm looking at the the new listings that come up in pickering and i'm looking at uh, a well-known realtor uh and then i see this other guy's name below it and i'm like i thought you were running a team buddy i I thought you were running a team part part of the team and and now we joined Oh, he a joined. Team. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. They always say that you know during the 16, 17 uh-huh. years, it was basically if you think of a coffee with cream in it, you blend it around. Yeah, and it's you know it's all blended, all looks the same. But once in a market like today, you're going to see the cream rise to the top. Yeah, actually, when everything uh-huh. st- settles, you're going to see the cream that twenty percent of the best realtors uh, hammering it out right yeah. now. Yeah, but it's going to be the eighty twenty rule always as everything, continues, right? Yeah, because we yeah. know that eighty percent of the real estate is sold by twenty percent of the realtors, and I think we're almost at sixty thousand realtors on Toronto it's, real estate. I've checked. Largest board in North America. In the world. In the world. Yeah. Oh, man, in the world. That's insane. At, at fifty thousand, it was the largest real real estate board okay. in the world. Okay. So yeah. so yeah, now we're, I now I think we're approaching close to sixty. Yeah, 000. it's gonna dwindle. Though. How did you get those numbers? Uh, they're actually published on uh, Trev's website. Yeah, so yeah, every yeah. month, you can see month by month. So they have, it's pretty cool. You can see it by year. So, uh, you know, it'll be like 2015, 16, 17, 18, and the months are laid out in, in columns. And you can see a number of registered members. Cool, right show across. me that later. I'm yeah, curious. yeah, I'll show it to you. Okay, yeah. so I'll flip over to my week. So yeah. pretty decent week. Right now, like I said, I'm, I'm more planning for 19, so mentally, physically. So 
Uh, I'll do my regime right now, pray, meditating mornings, gym twice a day. Wow, twice a day. Swear to God, buddy, I'm training wow. for the Olympics. Wow. It's not, it's not so I don't fit in a shirt, you know what I mean? To be I'm still got, trying to fit into the shirt. It's it, Like I'm saying, to like, yeah, show yeah. that big presence. All about endurance right now and agility, right? So yeah. ultimately, that's what I'm doing right now, twice a day to the gym. Amazing. And then uh, business is still rolling. We, we I, I, uh, My Mondays with Steve yesterday, I did yeah. a little video, and just regarding uh, the inventory, how it's going down. We had... You know, last week I did it, it was 17,900 units. Yesterday it was 17,200 units. Yeah, so 700 units big difference. In one week. It's a big is, difference. That's fantastic. It's huge, yeah. And then going to that point exactly, is where my listing set from the market for 60 to 70 days. Remember that one, that property that yep. Condo Town I was talking about? Finally sold conditional last Amazing. Month, Sunday night. Amazing. Which, which was fantastic. So that's, that's exciting. That's again, awesome. It, and it's a direct correlation to the amount of inventory dwindling and, and what's available. Because now I picked up a bunch of buyers, investors, and I, I set this model for them, this modular uh, program to, to, for investments, and now I can't find the product. If they came to me like three weeks ago, I would have had about 10 to choose from. Yeah. Now I can't find anything. I'm actually physically reaching out to realtors in, in these specific areas that, that you know have their ear on the ground to see if I can, I can drum up some inventory to get a deal done. Yeah, It's incredible. So I got like three buyers right now that we can't find a product for them. Wow. How the market changed. I wish these guys were like a month or two months earlier because we would have knocked them out in, in a, a couple of days, right? Um, so that's pretty much it. So again, going back to f for my week right now, it's all about training. It's all about mental, physical training for 19. Yeah. I think for this year, I'm okay with the production that I've done so far. I'm okay with it. So now it's all about uh, 19 because I think what's going to happen in 19, if we can, we don't know how it's going to be. Yeah. I made a prediction where you're going to see 19 going to be uh, uh, drummed up because of political election. The liberal government's going for a reelect or they want to be reelected. So I think they're going to ramp up the market or ramp up the economy as best they can yeah. prior to election. And then I think 2020, when the new government comes in, whoever it may be, they're going to have to start, you know, buckling down on what's happening. So um, we'll see. Well, we don't know. But yeah. I think right now, mental and physical endurance right now is going to it's going to take you through 19 because, you know, everyone's, uh, you know, whatever, not doing much right now. Yeah. And uh, I think it's going to affect them. I think that's what happened to me this year. I came in mentally, physically a lot stronger than, than all the other years. Yeah. And I've avoided my, my mental meltdown. Usually every yeah. year you get that burnout and you need like a, you know, a couple of weeks off to uh, rebuild. Yeah. And I think I got I to gotta pay tribute to my NLP coach, Linda Ferguson, that, that helped me through the process and all the work we've done in the last couple of years and, and the training. Yeah. Just uh, physical training. No, that's yeah. that makes a lot of sense, and yeah. and also from what you were saying is like how the inventory is going down. It it relates right back to I think the last podcast or the one before where we were talking about listing your property or around this time or at the very beginning yes, of the yes. year because the inventory is lower. So yeah. exactly like you were explaining yeah. before, this is the evidence in it, and we can see the numbers in the system. I love it. And to be at what seventeen two seventeen two yesterday, it's probably okay. lower. I'm curious to see what it is. It, you know, it, it may be floating around that range because okay, people nice like me, 69. Monday and Tuesday are, are my list days right yeah so I would list properties Monday and Tuesday so so I think maybe it spiked up a bit but I don't think it's going to uh, balance out to that 700 but what you were saying is exactly right so now that inventory is coming down uh, the buyer demand is going to like the buyer demand is still there but they're not going to have as much to pick from uh, you probably end up still yeah. selling quick Absolutely. and getting really good money for your property it's a, and, and it's it's pretty uh, like usually we go down to about 12,000 units by by the winter, like let's say December-ish, yeah. right? So we'll see, we're still a lot a lot more inventory than yeah. we historically will be used to have, but let's see what happens now. But but even historically, right? Like I think the 12,000 units was really, really low because of the market that we were in previously. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, I, I don't know if we'll get to 12,000, but I even at 17.2, right? Like we're basically, 
low. The, uh, like from what I understand, we're supposed to have about twenty thousand to have an even playing field. Yes, yes, yes. Twenty thousand yes. yeah. to have an yeah. even playing field. So we're well yeah. below that number right yeah. now, and we'll probably go below that still as the year uh, comes to an end. For sure. I, I think when I started real estate, it was always uh, twenty. So I started twenty ten. So it was always seventeen thousand to height in yeah. the spring. And then twelve to eleven thousand to ten thousand in the uh, in the winter months. In the lower that's, end. that's it. And in twenty seventeen, we went to four thousand units in January. Remember? Yes, yes. <laughs> we started off around that number four two. Four thousand units. Yeah, four thousand in January. It yeah, was a 4,300, yeah, something like that. It was really bad. So and it and it didn't creep up. Like I think it it took like two months or two and a half months to get up to six thousand. It's crazy. It was there nuts. Was and, but that's where everything popped, right? That's not healthy. That's yeah. a steroid. Like I talk about that steroid market. Yeah. It's totally unhealthy. But remember that growth is from like 17% to 21%, right? And, and pre previous to that 17 was 12%. So you're looking at 12, 17, 21, like uh, coming from 5% almost stable. You know what I mean? Like it, the, the house I bought, my personal residence was going up $50,000 per month. Yeah, like how? 50 a how, month. That's someone's salary for a year. I it's, know. It's, it's, it's tax-free. Unsustainable. Yeah, tax-free. Yeah, that, no, it's backwards, but anyway. And the other point, like, yeah. Just from what you said, uh, you know, I was talking to like I have my mortgage right now with TD, and I just yeah. ended up signing up my docs with it. Um, and uh, you know, the, would you the lock in? Uh, you know what, I didn't. I actually went variable. Oh my gosh, we're yeah, so variable. different. I just, uh, I know, <laughs> but, but I got, I got, uh, you know, I asked a lot of people for advice, and ultimately, yeah. I do what I want to do. Um, but the way that this guy explained it to me, and I have everything at TD. I, I work with other mortgage brokers sure, and sure. people as well but like since my life is at td it makes my life easier to renew with them yeah um oh yeah for sure so uh basically they offered me a variable rate for five years uh for 3.14 or something like that 3.14 you locked it in for five years uh Fair. so so basically uh the way that it was explained to me is is that they have actually one day notice of before the rates are going to be raised um, so he's like, definitely, as soon as it's being raised, like as soon as we find out, he's like, I'll get you to lock in if it makes sense at that point before the rate happens. The only problem with that is your your, your fix is always going to be higher. So, he, keep going. So, so, so that's part two to what I was going to say. So yeah. this guy feels like maybe the banks might play around with the fixed rates a little bit, only to more stimulate attractive. the housing market. Yeah, because they're saying that the, the, it's slow. He gave me a number. I don't know if I should share it, but I will. Uh, he said on average, TD, uh, like, you know, the applications they receive in a day, on average is about 750 applications a day. And he said it's way His branch? down. No, in general, general. TD, okay. yeah, uh, yeah. mortgages receive 750 applications a day. A day, that's still a freaking wow. lot. But he said it's way down. He's like, now if you submit an application in the morning, he's like, I'd probably get you an approval if you really need by the end of the day <laughs> or first thing in the morning. That's but he's like, business. he's like, but it's super slow. That's why. And and the way that even I think TD and other banks are probably looking at it is that they know that the market is going to become a little bit tougher this year sure. or whatever to buy into. So I think they they've already put out the indication to their um, you know mortgage uh, specialist that they are going to be they are looking at doing something with a fixed rate. So that's why he told me. He's like, look, go on the variable right now. Uh, he's like, I, if they're going to raise the rates, I'm going to let you know in advance. So, but it's five-year fixed? It's not a five, it's a five-year variable. But, I mean, sorry, variable, but open or closed? It's closed. So, but how, you, how do you break that? It's still a three-month interest penalty. Yeah. Yeah, it's still a three-month interest penalty. So, it's not bad. You're okay with that? I was, so, I, I talked to my guy and, yeah. and, you know, there's not a branch level or anything, but he's, they run like about four or five hundred million dollars a year in mortgages. He's got yes. his own brokerage company, so very, and he's been through recessions. He says, just look at, and he's so uh, you know 
knowing about the the yield mark, the bond, the yield, all that stuff there that that it fluctuates this yeah. mar, this uh, rate. He says we'll be at five points next year. Yeah, by four. He goes guaranteed. It'll be five points. Someone else no told con- me no control over it. Yeah, someone else told me also that uh, Bank of Canada has basically indicated already that they are going to do three uh, interest rate hikes uh, yeah. next year. So yeah, that's yeah. going to come up 075 percent anyways, right? Yeah. So that's four and a half. Because yeah. we're at, I think right now. So I I just locked in one of my rental properties Friday because we originally locked lock, So our, our you know one of my first rental properties, the mortgage agent was through. Uh, through a client or a partner that they, it was someone I wasn't familiar with anyway. So he locked us into a five-year variable okay. close. So it was 2.45% when we first in, in the initiation of the mortgage, the birth of it. And then we, I just got a statement last week. It was 3.95%. Okay. So like it's time to lock in, right? Yeah. And then the renewal is in about four months from now. But I locked it in now 3.8% and for three years because in three years, Let's say we blow over what's happening now and then the market's back up and I want to flip the property. I have no commitment to it, right? Yeah. I can either renew at that time or or load the property and be done with it, right? Yeah. So I think it's a lot of better option for me. But uh, I don't know. Would I take a chance with that? Keep it in a variable? Like I'm already see, at 3.9%. For, for see, see the, other, uh, the other way I looked at it is this. I feel like I'm not going to get rid of a mortgage in the next five years. Hmm. So I'll take it with me. If I, if I go somewhere, I'm going to take it with me. Like that's my that's my worst case situation. So I don't I'm not looking uh, to break it anyway. So I'm not worried about a break fee. I guess the biggest thing I'm worried about is is that where am I going to get the best deal on the rate? Yeah. 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 So for me uh, to kind of wrap it up made sense at three point one four to keep the variable rate. Uh, I could have locked in I think at the three uh, three year fixed rate at three point five four. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a good rate. But he's like, listen, man. One rate increase at the three point one four will bring you to you know three point three. And those are going to hold those fixed rates. Uh, no, he's like they'll adjust yeah. uh, as the rate goes up. But he's like you know it's one level is from the Bank of Canada and the other one is what the bank actually wants to do with it. So he's like even if the Bank of Canada raises the rates or whatever else like that, the bank may actually lower their fixed rates a little bit just to continue to stimulate the housing market. Sure. Yeah. So who knows? East meets west. Yeah, who knows? I'm right? very like, conservative. I just realized yesterday that this, the, my mindset, my mentality is 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 set perfect for what's happening today in the market. I just I was I was I was had like a one of those epiphanies. I'm like, holy shit! Like the the last two years, the market, the, how advanced it was, how crazy the spending, the leveraging, like that. I had to adjust that to mentally because I'm a more yeah. conservative person. So I had to literally, uh, you know, it's almost if you ever see you ever see deers. The male deer will stay in the bush a lot longer than the female deer. Right. She'll go out and she'll eat and he'll stay in the bush for 30 minutes. You don't know where he is. And then he finally comes down when he feels it's safe. So I'm a little bit like the buck yeah. in that sense, right? The deer. And and even though going into the markets, these crazy markets, I was always holding back. And then finally I went in when yeah. I felt comfortable. But I feel this market that we're in right now is, is right up my alley. This is where I'm going to yeah. strive the best in because I understand it. Because you need to be a little bit more conservative in today's market because it could hurt you, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I think you need to be more conservative in today's market. But at the same time, I, I think that there are going to be opportunities and I know we're looking for them. Oh, so there's going to be, yeah, there's yeah. Gonna be a, but you have to be in a position to be able to take care of those uh, or be able to uh, take on those opportunities once they're presented to you. So thousand percent. the way that you operate, you're going to be in a position to take it.
Yeah. So think about it. Like even that rental property for three years, I don't have to. I don't have to worry about adjustments or anything. Yeah. It just sits there. I know that's the payment. That's the interest that's going to come out, and and that's done. It's going to sit because I want to. What I tell my clients too when we buy investments: set it and forget it. I don't yeah. want to deal with it. Like now I got to deal with a, a freaking dryer that's broken. Like you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> twice now. You know, and and that's. It's a time and, and consuming. You just want to set it and forget it and move on to the next. Yeah. Story, right? See, uh, you said something interesting. Set it and forget it. Because as soon as I signed that uh, variable rate uh, thing, uh, basically to myself, I'm thinking to myself, now I got to make sure I keep up with you it. You got to like watch now, it. Now I got to watch it. in the market, you'll understand. Yeah. That. And, you know, my rep at TD is very good too. He's solid. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's a very good guy. That's like, good. So I know that he'll help me out and, and make sure. Because... Yeah, so he's gonna help me out and, and get me the best rate I possibly can. But yeah, it was a bit of a gamble, man, on my end. For yeah, sure. no, I'm but, curious. Yeah. That's that's it's amazing. Like, I respect that honestly. Forty like, basis honestly. points or 35, 40 yeah, basis yeah, points. No. Like I said, I'm cheap, so I'll, no, no, I I respect I'll, that totally. I'll, I'll gamble you're, on it a bit, and I might, might be, get I might get bit. Right. I don't know. I might no, get bit. Might I'm right. not sure. You don't know. Right? I'm not like sure. This, I don't know. Yeah. Do we? We none of us know. No, no. It's none of us know. We just literally. whatever our comfort level really <laughs> is, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, man. Right. Awesome. Okay, good. So sh- switching gears, you were yeah. talking about. It's not a not a mis- misconception. <laughs> it's not a <laughs> the misconception. Last five podcasts. What, what yeah. was it? you were talking about? External yeah. external factors. Factors. Yeah. Affecting Ex- the market or a particular neighborhoods. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, the idea came up because of the Oshawa plant, the Oshawa GM plant. Yes. Announced that they're going to be. So was that closing. was there a warning with that, or it just happened all of a sudden? Yeah. So yesterday was Monday. So uh, uh, Tuesday. Yeah. So basically, it was on Monday. Monday night, I think that there was a rumor, sorry, Sunday night, there was a rumor that there was going to be an announcement on Monday. And the rumor was, is that they're shutting down uh, the Oshawa GM plant, assembly plant. And then uh, yesterday, Tuesday at 10 a.m. or 10.30, I think it actually got announced that uh, they're going to shut down production at the Oshawa plant as of December 2019. December 19. So one more year. Yeah, another year. Yeah, so they're going to run for another year. And I think that was only because of some commitments they had with the unions when they last negotiated. So where are they they bringing this vehicle? Where are they going to create it? You said it's a Malibu and and a pickup trucks? Uh, So so actually, I was wrong on the pickup trucks. Uh, I think it was uh, the Impala. It was the Impala. There was a Buick Regal. I don't even know if they make those anymore. Regal, yeah, they, they just reinvented it. Oh, okay. It's actually so, pretty yeah. nice. Okay, so yeah, American Buick car, Regal, yeah. Impala, and uh, there's a uh, Cadillac CTX or CTS? something like that. Yeah, the, S or the truck X? The sedan, like sedan, the smaller yeah, one. CTS, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so I think that those are the three that are built there. So those are staple vehicles too for that brand. So the Regal now, and, and you figure I'm biased, it's nice for an American car. Sure. <laughs> I'm a German They've come a long freak. way. They've no, come no, a they, long they actually way. look pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, so where are they going to put those things? They're going to bring them back to America? I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I think they are. Um, Trump's plan? It's part of Trump's plan, and then you and I have been talking about the automotive industry at the same time, right? So yeah. it's like the whole automotive industry is changing, just like we talked about Ford, uh, you know, cutting back on a lot of their vehicles, right? Yeah, so yeah, now they're yeah. going to focus more on their really, really staple vehicles, uh, and then plus like trucks and SUVs. That's the market that they're really going to stay in. So it's interesting because you said that. Look at Mercedes. Yeah. So I read about Mercedes. I don't. I don't just drive the car. I'm. I'm like I. I can almost get a tattoo on my arm. Yeah, I know. I love it. Like I understand. On your arm. I that you get on your forehead. Yeah, on the forehead. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, 
going back to them, they're introducing more lines and vehicles than any other manufacturer. They want to they want to dominate everything. Yeah. And they're putting out vehicles. So look at my I drove my wife's uh, little uh, SUV today, the GLC three hundred. So that's I think that one starts at fifty five thousand on the road. I think sixty two. It's pretty basic. Sixty two k. So either you're gonna get that or a Honda Pilot. You know what I'm saying? And you're driving a Benz. It drives amazing. I love the car. It's amazing. And yeah. You know, and the price is not even at that price point. It's not even that bad. So now they're introducing the A class now to take over the Golf, the the GLA uh, to take over like the small, small, small SUV. Mine to take over this midsize, which it's been out for a while. It used to be a GLK before. But not to mention the crossovers now, they're coming in. All the trucks are yeah. introducing a pickup truck now. Yeah. Uh, they've introduced the car GT4 to take over the Porsche Panamera. The, the, the GTR for the 911 uh, Carrera. So they're, they're introducing all these next level. So, so the way I look at that, Steve, is this. Mercedes has more of an international platform yeah. versus like the Buick Regal. Like you're not going to sell that in <laughs> China. No, no one's gonna buy the damn thing, but Mercedes, no. they will. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so they have yeah. a global, Fair international Fair scale. Uh, so, yeah. so they're able to play in international markets where it makes it more lucrative for them to continue their production. But let me ask you this. Yeah. When, if they're scaling down and only sticking to their staple vehicles, that's where they're making the money. And they're not advancing their tech or their their lineup. They're eventually gonna be dead. They're gonna be out of business. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. be dead eventually. Either Mercedes is nuts. I think they got to bang on because but the whole car thing is going to go away in my opinion the, you think whole, so? yeah. the whole car thing will go away it's not going to happen immediately maybe yeah. five ten years 15 years but the whole car thing will go away i think we're just seeing the first major restructuring of the automotive sector people companies like mercedes uh that have international platforms yeah, like global yeah. platforms that they can play off of are going to be the ones the last ones holding it. it yeah and that is going to allow them the ability to further invest in their research and development yep. to come up with the technology that you were talking to me about before, like, or we talked about, you talked the about dr- on the, the drones, the drone yeah. technology yeah. Yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, they're, they're all in there. Whereas, Boats, planes. Whereas drones. companies like GM, where yeah. they're making uh, this cut right now and we'll just focus on our state, you're going to be dead in the water. Be done, yeah. You're going to be dead. It'll, it'll, the numbers, so this is almost like an accountant's taking over the business, yeah. you know, where the numbers have to look all in the black. But you got to put red in order to make more black in the future, yeah. right? Yeah. So that, I think that's what's happening. It may look good now in the next five years, their book. Yeah. But they're gonna. They're just, but but it's I, the first sign of death. But I also think that because of Mercedes uh, global scale uh, and their global platform, like these these vehicles, uh, the platform is more or less the same, right? So so they have so many universal parts and everything else like that that yes, they can yes, take yes. this car and put it in London, England. They can put it in whatever, like the Ford Fiesta. You know what I mean? Like a, that is a, a international yeah. or global. Yeah, 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 vehicle, and that's all right? over Europe. Yeah, it's very popular. A- exactly. Yeah. So, but I, I feel like a, a brand like Mercedes or even BMW or something else like that uh, they have this prestige uh, and they're gonna be able to play in this global market BMW is dying off too uh, yeah. uh, quality has gone down I, I think these vehicles like Mercedes BMW these higher-end vehicles uh, to a certain point man they're watering it down Mercedes to me and BMW had a big prestige back in the day to me I think that they're both great vehicles i'm a huge yeah. fan of mercedes now because of you yeah <laughs> uh, but like i i think that they're both uh getting watered down though right because yeah. like mercedes introducing the a-class but see like that was my mindset before oh you're watering it down the prestige is going to be gone but guess what almost every other category a car that plays in that a-class category is going to be gone Turned your down. option is going to be the a-class and and <laughs> so and, and 
did GM water down vehicles because it was four tour like the crappiest vehicles alive were they, they, they just never produced, took action imagine remember the 80s 90s yeah. Fords they were terrible I think yeah. they only had one good like the truck the Explorer was the only state of the art and it yeah. was a box that was like their, their, their staple vehicle even the Mustang would look terrible at that yeah. point but Mercedes look at the A-Class so A-Class is the lowest Mercedes you can buy it's, it's the first first car to the lineup they have more. T they put more tech in that car than their most expensive vehicle in their lineup, which is the yeah. S Class. Yeah. More tech in the in the lowest quality, the lowest price point car. More tech in that car yeah. than the S. They're not watering down. They're making it better. So imagine that. So thirty five k is starting, but it's got more tech than a hundred and forty thousand dollar car. One hundred and fifty. So I, I, that I think that they're. I think they're pumping out incredible vehicles. Like I got to take a look at some of the pictures of the A Class. I think it's amazing. Oh wow. I mean the brand perception. Uh, the brand perception a little bit is getting watered down. Yeah. In the sense of like when I used to think about BMW and Mercedes, I felt like it was like yes. you got to be rich. Yes. You got to be rich to drive Before these vehicles. Before the leasing programs were available, Before the leasing it was true. <laughs> and everything else like that. But but still, man, like leases are eight hundred bucks a month. They're expensive. Yeah. You know no, what no, I mean? for sure. Uh, like on, on some of these vehicles. But like now you can get a Mercedes lease for. 400 bucks? Yeah, yeah. Those E-classes. like a Honda Civic. They're going to bang them out. Yeah. So so, yeah. so it's getting watered down, but I don't think it's going to matter in the overall perspective uh, because these other brands scales. are going to be gone though. But I yeah, think yes, these yes, other yes. guys are going to exit the category. Absolutely. So it's not going to make a difference. But again, even Ben's a different scale. Like we drive the C43 AMG. We're shunned upon. If you drive a C63, the V8 version, they don't like us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't feel, we feel like we're wannabes yeah. in that class. And then, then there's the E class looks on the C class. It's like, okay, bud, like you're, you know. Yeah. And then it's the S looking onto the sure. E, and then you yeah. know, and going forward like yeah. that, the Maybach yeah. onto the S. So it's just in different different categories. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I I I think it's interesting, and I yeah. love how we just completely started talking about cars. Like, I love them instead of <laughs> external factors <laughs> affecting yeah. real estate. Quickly went off the topic, but look yeah. look at the the GT the AMG GT, which is their. Uh, AMG sports car, right? Yeah. This is a GTR, then this is a GT. The GT, it's a two-door coupe, amazing car, right? And the, this is the car supposed to take over the Carrera. It's supposed to compete against the Carrera. I get in that car, and it's got my R steering wheel. It's got pretty much R gauges, R, R, R control system for the, uh, the, the climate control, yeah. and, and very similar functions. It's incredible. So you can kind of, even for us, you want to go up the scale on those vehicles, yeah. you always feel comfortable because... It, it's basically you're, you're, it's in your comfort zone. Yeah. you know it. So you know, like the shit out of them. It, look, I don't want to get too far off track, but I, like since we're so deep into this car conversation, I gotta <laughs> say this. You know, uh, I was at that conference last week, and I met awesome people. I met with this one guy from uh, Sudbury, and he drives a Tesla. And yep. he's a huge car guy, massive car yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And he sold me on it, man. Like, I the just want to go online and buy this car. The tech is fantastic. You it's, know, it's my, amazing. My concern was, is like, uh, how reliable is this Tesla? Yeah. How is a battery yeah. going to work? And all this other stuff. Super reliable. Yeah, but there's he no told parts. Me, like, exactly. Yeah. That's a major thing. So he's like, a, I think a normal car is at 2,000 parts. Plus, it has parts inside yeah, of yeah. parts. There's no parts. He's like, there's 16 parts yeah. in the whole car. There's yeah. 16 parts. Motor per, motor per wheel, a ton of wiring. Yeah. And, and those large batteries underneath the car yeah. that actually bring the center of gravity lower to make a better handling vehicle because yeah. the weight is in the middle. So, so, so he, he told me about that. And then he also told me about, uh, I think he told me that he's got 13,000 kilometers on his Tesla now. And he said it cost him $180 in hydro. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, they're state of the art. Uh, I like, honestly, like I love Mercedes, but yeah. like I'm at a point where I'm just going to order a Tesla, I think. 
So Teslas are awesome. I agree with well, them. I, I'm, so, I'm so pumped for Elon for, for introducing yeah. that vehicle. But again, it comes down to like, I trust me, I, I respect that vehicle a thousand percent. If the, it, that's good to see that the future, that that'll be the vehicles, right? But for now, uh, combustion engines, for me, the, the noise, I don't care how fast you're going, it's just about the noise, right? Like that, for me, that's just, it's therapeutic for me. Like I'll drive it, that car, my car has never been out of Sport Plus in Sport Manual mode. I really, start, yeah. I swear to God, every day. Well, I listen to you on when we're on the right. phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and the more you use it, the louder it gets. See, you hear like the car is it's, it turns heads because it's loud. People think it's got an exhaust, but it's just it's just the way the car runs now because I've, I've beaten it for thirty k, right? You know what? I twenty five k. I think you talk about the sound because it's what you hear and other people react to. But I, I know what it's really drives you. Yeah, what really drives you is the feeling of that car. Oh, the yeah, car is uh, unbelievable. Yeah. But any, anything engine combustion. Look at look at Formula One. Formula One has the so these to have the V10s, the V12s, and now they have these smaller motors, 1.6 liters, six cylinders, hybrid e EQ motors. This is where all the technology is stemming down from Mercedes. Uh, where it's half hybrid, half motor. So even I went to the Formula One race this year in Monza in Italy, and uh, the the Porsche series was louder. Yeah, <laughs> I swear. And so the, a lot of the the realists, a lot of the purest uh, type Formula racers, like the the, the fans and whatnot, they despise these vehicles because yeah. the noise is not there. And imagine now they have a Formula E series where it's all electric cars, right? Yeah. Electric Formula One cars, like yeah. that style, looks like an indie, uh, like insane. They're yeah. like in insane. But there's no noise, and you know, it's just—it's but, but, like but, but I think that's that what's going to end up happening. They're transitioning. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like even this guy, when I was talking to him about the Tesla, he's like, he's driven all these cars. He used to sell like high-end vehicles, like yeah. really high-end vehicles. And uh, he's like, out of all the vehicles he's ever driven, he's like, I still get scared when I get on the on-ramp with this car. He's like. Because there's nothing there's no to noise. this thing. Yeah, he's yeah. like, not just the noise, but he's like, there's nothing to it. He's like, I'm afraid to like crank this thing completely because it just goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like there's nothing holding it back. It just goes. He's like, this thing goes like nothing goes. He's like, it's so quick. I had this experience when I was a kid, you yeah. know, eight years old or 10 years old. We had those, um, you know, those little RC cars. Yeah. Okay, so we had the, the professional ones, you did the jumps and stuff like that. So those things, the battery power, and I had a gas one. Yeah. It was. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it ran on like methane, it had this, this motor. And you got to mix the filter, oil. Mix the oil. Yeah, yeah. The oil was mixed with okay. gas. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You had that, like a glow plug, you had to heat it up like a, like a, like a race car. Yeah. It would rev up to like 20,000 RPMs. Oh, it was God. insanity. Yeah. But that little electric car would just pop. By the time this quick. one like set in, and it was quick, by the time it set into motion, the electric car would, would just fry it. Right? Yeah, like he and would, after the gas would pull pull off on it. It's a similar same thing now. Like like even uh, he was telling me about Mortar Tread did this thing where they lined up like yeah, yeah, six like, supercars or whatever it was it's, in this it's uh, ten, sedan Tesla. It's a ten second car. Yeah, and the Tesla just boom. Gone. It's, a, it's a 10 second yeah. car then That's after it dies out after the speed gets sure. up and then the cars start roasting them yeah. but it's a 10 second car yeah. Yeah. and there's one guy in the states a crazy guy he, he strips the whole interior out and he goes to the he goes to those races at night or whatever and he races like turbocharged mustangs nitrous you see like the, the you know those fox body mustangs pulling up to the line and you see like you know they uh, they purge the the, the nitrous so yeah yeah like yeah purging everything big turbos sticking out of the hood it looks like a monster it looks like it's from uh, one of those movies there those those scientific movies uh, and then this this Tesla just puts it in I think it's insanity mode or something. okay insanity I don't know yeah you kind of jack it all up he strips out the whole interior takes everything out <laughs> so this thing is like you know they launch things roasting this one yeah. Just, and that guy's probably got a $40,000 engine, maybe $50,000 engine there. This thing just... 
and, and he's lacing everyone. And you imagine in in America, like in the southern states, where V8s is like religion. Yeah. yeah. And this like high tech battery powered car. Like I'm surprised the guy didn't get murdered. I gotta be honest. You don't know. <laughs> Maybe <he's not> <laughs> you anyway. don't know. But that thing will run like a nine and a half second quarter mile. Yeah. And continuously, it's like you just you don't shift gears. You just literally get to the line, put in sanity mode, and just throttle just down. Just go. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. Cars. Very interesting. So, <laughs> this thing we're still recording. So that, that's a, a good segment, eh, on vehicles? On vehicles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like just to quickly get back yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Uh, the external, the factors. external factors. So uh, I ended up getting a lot of uh, inquiries from people basically saying, oh, what's going to happen in Oshawa? You know, it's really bad news. Uh, you know, what's going to happen here? Ultimately, they have 2,500 workers in the plant. Um, I really don't feel like it's going to cause an effect in the real estate market in Oshawa. Uh, I work the market, so I know like we've sold on the buyer end, we've sold a lot of houses in Oshawa and it's people that are moving from Scarborough, Pickering, For Ajax, sure. they're moving over that way. Uh, you know, sold well over a hundred homes. Uh, and the thing is, is that none of them worked at GM <laughs> or in the automotive sector. Yeah. What about the what about the sister companies like the, the supporting companies? There will be because they sub out. Sure. You know, for, like it's, we have a real estate analysis, so that's the Honda plant. There yep. is the, is the primary force in employment, and uh, and they have like sister or other companies that take on supply more. parts, parts, uh, machine, do some of the labor. Sure. Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I think that for sure there is going to be some kind of effect in it. I don't think it's devastating. Uh, well, how, what's the population in Pickering? Pickering is a hundred, almost a hundred thousand, I think, right so now. So it's two, two yeah. and a half percent of the population. Yeah, and they probably don't even live there more than. Yeah, like a like it's a, so the plan is in Oshawa there, and a, a lot of the people I don't know about a lot of people, but I know there's people coming in from all over the place that are working in that plant. Um, but overall, like at a very high level, yes, okay. So the plant assembly is going to shut down uh, December two thousand and nineteen. But I don't think that we're looking at the other positive things that are also happening, right? Like one of the largest malls are planned in Canada for uh, North Oshawa at Simcoe and 407. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things that are happening in Durham. Like Durham Live is coming up. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a big resort, casino, yeah. hotels, theaters, everything. So maybe the work shifts a little bit from Oshawa to Pickering to North Oshawa to different places. I think what people have to understand is, is that this is just business. At the end of the day, it's business. Uh, things are going to change. We cannot expect everything to stay the same. Uh, it would be very boring, number one. And, and number two, businesses have to evolve, right? And, and yeah. I think what we were talking about, like, you know, Car where GM is kind of going, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that they're going to go downhill. Like, uh, may, I, I don't even know how they're going to save a car that I love, like the Corvette. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I, know I, you I don't care. Like, <laughs> I, I like they, it, man. They can all go. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. So don't I don't know what, AMGs. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with things like that. But like, No, uh, they'll be fine. It's probably, they're probably, it's, it's obviously like you said it's just business but i i, I believe as, as much as everyone's against trump right now and, and you know obviously he's he is what he is but i mean ultimately the, the economy in america is booming yeah and and again last year in 2017 i put money i rather i put money in in that market rather than our market here yeah and uh i think that's what's happened they're making it more attractive for the american companies to come back and employ employ themselves right yeah. what's yeah. happening so 
But overall, good for uh, them, bad yeah. for us. But uh, I, I think ultimately, so it's two percent of the population. Then I would imagine, yeah, right? It's, it's or, not going to say five percent. It's five thousand jobs. Let's say yeah. with the supporting companies. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think if you look at the GTA right now, that's that's not a factor. No, it's not, a, not factor. a factor. So so I just I just hope that uh, people don't no. freak was, out about it. Was it was like twenty thousand jobs or fifty thousand yeah. jobs, something like like an Amazon would, sure. would be to let's say the new you know one of sure. their new uh, locations. Fulfillment centers, yeah. Different different thing, right? Yeah, and that affects the whole. Like look at Apple in in Palo Alto. If that went down, right? Yeah, that that would be a huge problem. Yeah, that, that, that would be a huge problem. Yeah. But, but yeah, like I think, uh, you know, this was probably brewing for a little it while. It looks like they were scaling it down. It was and like this was an exit plan for them. Yeah, and nineteen is a final. Yeah, originally, Steve, like from what I looked at, like they they employed twenty five thousand people. Originally, yeah, back yeah. in the day. So there you so go. So it's always been so scaled scale, down, man. Scale. It's always been scaled yeah, down. Yeah. You you had to know that this was going to happen. So you know what? They did it right then. At least it's not a big impact. Because if they unplugged at 25,000, probably the population back then was maybe 50,000 yeah, or less. Yeah, it would have hurt. It, that it, it really would have hurt. That, yeah. and, and the population obviously hasn't grown out that way. So they would have definitely put that, that uh, city on its knees. But no, I don't think it's going to be any factors. No. And no. and you know what? The, the thing is, is that it was that business was kind of going down, going down. They always had a controversy about keeping it up and running. You, who knows, man? Something exciting might happen with that plant. Like it's it's still a auto manufacturing plant. Like it could be retrofitted into something cool happening over there. And okay. let's just be honest, man. The price of real estate in Oshawa, it could be very attractive for another company to come in there. Maybe an electric car company to come in there and say, hey, Fair enough. like this is perfect. Like it's cheap real estate. We got a bunch of people that are going to be looking for work in the automotive sector. Fair enough. Like, they got the employees. So the way I look at it and you would look at it, we look at it as a growth mindset and we're looking at it and saying, hey, we're trying to find all the positives in it. And I feel like 98% of the people out there will always find the negatives. The first messages yeah. oh, I get, media, yeah, media. but the first messages I get, oh, it's terrible. Why? Why is it terrible? Like we have to understand the complete impact of what's gonna actually happen. Everybody, remember that book, I always go back to that book, The Four Agreements, don't make assumptions. Yeah. I think people are assuming without you know learning about the actual facts behind it. I think uh, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's the media too. They pump it up and they make this big thing. Unfortunate for the 2,500 people losing sure. their jobs naturally. Very unfortunate. Uh, you know, it's, they had a good good career there. Hopefully yeah. they've done well. But I mean, um, but yeah, it won't impact it at all. No. no. Like not it, not to the general public that's looking to buy or but, sell but real you know, estate. But in you know area. what? Now the media is going to it's gonna be on for the next you know, two months. It's going to be the same thing. Well, they're winding down. Look, now they're closing this. They're, you know, it's going to be one of those. Yeah. It's theatrical, I but it's going to be people. Drama. But it's going to be people like you and me that have the right information that should be out there in yeah. the public promoting this information and and not just talking about it. Like uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to take some steps to show the actual numbers because my it's my market area. Yeah, you it's should. very close you to should. my market you should. area. You should. You should. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. show the growth that's actually happening over there and and add the, like basically go against the media because we know what the media is going to do. And and you know what? Just talking about the media and maybe getting a little bit off track. It's like you know. I get it, and I feel bad for the people that are yeah. losing their jobs. But I, yeah. like you know, people over there are resilient. They're going to get over it. They're yeah, going to move on. Tough, yeah. But the thing is, like you know, people are complaining. Oh, my my grandfather worked here. <coughs> my father worked here. My uncle worked I here. I work yeah. here. I it's get it. Yeah. But the thing is, is that like there's life beyond this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to move on. But the media is going to play up those stories at the oh, same thousand, time. Yeah, you know yeah. how it's going to be. Is look at this. I posted something on my Instagram page. Uh, Regarding Toronto, 1974, when they were building the CN Tower. Yeah. Did you see that, how leveled everything yes. was? There was nothing. I can't believe that was... And what year? 1974. Look at that. Zero yeah. construction around the CN Tower. Yeah. Okay. And so 1974, look at it. We, we just came through a recession. I think we're just tail end of a recession there. 
where interest rates were uh, probably 17, 18% at that point. I think in 78, they went to 22%. Wow. So the market was flat, no growth. Look at that downtown core. If you see, look at my Instagram page, you'll see like the, this, just the, the tra uh, transition between one part to the other. I made a comment, I said, um, who would have known? And I, and, and I, but I said shortly after that, I bet you a lot of people did yeah. that this was happening and what it was gonna take off yeah. here. And people bought, some people bought and built their wealth for the future. Yeah. And some people still talk about what they should have done at that point. So I think ultimately it, it is what it is. Real estate is always a long-term game. And, and just look at that. Like, I don't understand. Like, so real estate, is, it's got so many different, looking back in the day, like in, in the Roman empire, if you were an estate owner, you were wealthy. Yeah. That's what it was. And and that's what it always was. Imagine, naturally, you got to have something to build the income uh, to, to, to purchase this the, the, sure. the, your assets. But I mean, ultimately, these guys built asset by asset yeah. and became one of the wealthiest yeah. people in uh, in Rome, especially that was Crassus. That was Julius Caesar's where they had the Trium Ver. So, so Crassus was one of the partners in like a joint venture between Pompey, Caesar, and Crassus. So Crassus was the wealthiest man in, in, in uh, Rome at that, in that period, the Roman Empire. And it was done through all real estate. Had wow. different tactics back sure. then because they would, you know, they would burn your house down and they would buy it for cheap. It was, yeah. They don't do that sure. today. They don't burn no. people's houses and we buy no. it for cheap. But they had different strategies. But now they burn was, buildings down so they can get a insurance. Yeah, there you go. Barns, the barns, the barns. Yeah. But that, that was the first capitalist. Uh, <laughs> so Crassus was known as the first capitalist in, in the world, really yeah. a documented capitalist, right? Yeah. So it was pretty cool. But it, it's cool what you mentioned. Uh, you know, it's. How the C, like when they were building the CN Tower, it was flat growth, but yeah. what people knew, some people knew and believed in what was going to happen. That's what we kind of talked about a few episodes back. And it's just like, you know, you got to see where the opportunity is. When everybody's running out, I yeah. want to be the guy running in. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to yeah. I want to buy. I feel like it's at a you discount at that you point. Do you know what I mean? As yeah. long as you believe in the in the long term uh, holding of real estate, do you know what I mean? As long as you believe that real estate is going to go up in the long run. And which has been proven over and over and over again. As long as you believe that and buy with that faith, and you're not going to think that you're going to flip in two years or three that's years. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, the problem is really problem well. is right now too much too much knowledge. I'm going to tell you. I'll give you an example. So I always but it gets blurred. I go back yeah. to our our uh, our we immigrated to Canada in '68. My parents. So yeah. the immigrant immigration the immigrant uh, mentality. So they didn't have they didn't read about it. They just they would buy property yeah. randomly. Well, let's just buy. We have you know the the land is eight thousand dollars. Let's buy this farm. Yeah. There was no thought process. No. You think they knew about the zoning and everything? I don't even think the cities were geared up for that at that no. point to know what were the phases were. They bought these. You think they had these, city planners? No. No. And I'm talking about pro so Woodbridge was was like this area here was farmland. Yeah. In 1974, my uncle moved here and and they on Woodbridge Avenue it was they bought there the, one of the first subdivisions in the area. But these farms were bought like in the 60s and there was zero. When people said you were moving to Woodbridge, because they all, you know, Italians were in St. Clair and College area, it was like the end you of the world. A, it but was like guys, a road trip. There was no thought process. Yeah. This is Highway 27. We'll buy this parcel. And, and we're talking like 40, 50 kilometers yeah. spread, you know, and, and they would just buy. And now a lot of these guys are become you know, 100, 200, 500 million dollar, like, you know, companies, yeah. and even some of them are billions, billion plus, right? So uh, I think that's what it is. People are too confused. You just gotta buy, as long as you can buy it and hold it, or you're not leveraged, where you gotta pay into it. Because then if you gotta pay into it every month and the whole thing, ultimately that, that could affect you at the end because it's obviously it's, it becomes yeah. more more of a, a liability if, if you're not building the income to support it. But if you're buying rental properties and stuff like that, and it's just sitting there, cares yeah three five ten set. years 
It's okay. You buy Straight another piece. Up. And then even when these guys' properties, they would go down in value, they would still buy more. Yeah. There was just a process, you know? But but see, the, there's also a mental adjustment, I think, that still continued. It needs to continue to happen in the marketplace because what we were talking about before in 2015, 16, in the beginning of 17, yeah. you could have bought a place in 15 and sold it in 16 and made right. 150000 bucks. Easy, easy. Uh, we just yeah. ran that number on Excel at yeah. even 3.5% uh, appreciation. If you buy something at $600,000 yeah. now, at 3.5% appreciation, what was it in 10 years you should bank about a quarter million dollars oh fair a enough quarter. yeah yeah in in the, i think the Compounded. five years yeah in five years it was like should appreciate to having a profit of about one hundred and twelve thousand, and then it was like a almost two hundred and fifty thousand at 10 years but that's what you were making in a year before yeah but, but the thing is people got involved okay. with real estate because you had big money but big money takes big time to get into so 10 years to make a quarter million dollars on something that's just kind of sitting there and you have to have some yeah. interaction with it yeah. it's pretty good so but think about how many people want to become millionaires to me it's a eyes closed 10-year plan if you want to be a millionaire i can yeah. make you a millionaire eyes closed within 10 years yeah, just it, it's just buying four pieces of real estate and letting it sit you're a millionaire let, let it sit I don't think a million is going to go that far in 10 years, but like well, if you want to have that status of being a millionaire, I'll show you how to do it right now. Yeah, yeah it's simple. So 90% of all millionaires have done it through real estate. You got to have prime, patience. Prime we are talking it's about. It's all about yeah. patience, man. And, and going back to, look, go back to the Monopoly, the game Monopoly. So yep. educational. Love one it. of the best games ever. And again, who, who makes it to the end of that game? Who wins every time? There's only one, one winner. Yeah. Why? Who owns the most property? That's right. And who can tax on, on and make it yeah. more most rent so you yeah. can get build up more and income. Push them out. And then you know, yeah. side rules of the game, you start making a side deal with someone, he's yep. going bankrupt, you start giving him money and you take up some of his property. Yeah. It's just <laughs> so But that's how this world works, man. That's so how the just, real estate game works here. You gotta keep buying yeah. it. And that, and that's the main concept. Uh, but what are you gonna do, buddy? That's that's the yeah. reality to that. That's the reality and we just have to play the game, man. We just we're, we've yeah. been playing it and just playing it smarter now, right? Like yeah. especially because the market is oh. going to turn in a different way. Going back to me mentally, yeah. and you saying you know when people are running out, and you're running in because I have the same mentality. Yeah. Warren Buffett, I've said it like a thousand times, but he says be be fearful when people are greedy, be greedy when people are fearful. Yeah. Fair enough. Look at Cyber Monday, Black Fridays, Cyber Week. You know everything. Now it's like IKEA Week. It's it's they're not. When I see stuff like that, I'm proud to say that I haven't spent a dollar. Yeah, Whatever the media tells me to yeah. buy or to do or sell, I do the absolutely opposite yeah. of that because it's always the wrong decision. Yeah. You know, like why do we got to go spend all this money on Black Friday? No. Holy shit. No. They're How many shirts do you need? Like I, I bought, you know, 10 shirts, of, you know, for 30 bucks. Why do you need all those shirts? No. I know you got a deal on them. Why do you need them? Like, I don't know. You got to go back to that immigrant mentality. I think that's the most successful people to, in, me, in my mind personally most successful people because they're comfortable in their skin. You know, I look at some of these guys, I was looking at a guy yesterday, he's, he's probably worth 10, 15, 20 million dollars. He's driving like a like an old pickup truck, right? Yeah. And um, he doesn't care. He doesn't yeah. care about like, and, and, and I'm embarrassed. I, ha I actually like to park down the street when I go meet with these people because I'm embarrassed. I'm like, I am nowhere near these guys level. Yeah. And I'm driving like a, in a, in a, like a C-class, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think I'll go back to that mentality, man. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna get like. A, no, no, never. never. Oh, I, I, I love cars. Uh, I thought like you want me to <laughs> sign you up for one of the last Buick Regals rolling down the line. Please no. don't. You know, <laughs> I'd rather buy an electric car at that point. <laughs> but I think going back to that, it's, it's they're so comfortable in who they are. Yeah. They they just feel they know they're successful and they don't need to like promote it or or to be showy to to have people realize that they have 
done it right so it's just it's i love it they're just comfortable in their skin but but a lot of the people that are very wealthy uh have that mentality like that book i was going through the millionaire teacher right like it was a u.s stat but it said like most millionaires uh like majority of the millionaires the average they spend on a car i think a new car was like forty one thousand dollars or something like that they were buying toyota camry yeah, uh, Honda also, Accord. And they pay cash. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They're they're paying cash, but they're buying these vehicles brand new, yeah. but like forty thousand bucks. Yeah. So they're like, I think I've said this in the podcast before, but the the example was is that if you go to like say Yorkdale Mall or whatever, and you see like this uh, Mercedes, BMW, Tesla, Tesla, Porsche, Tesla, whatever, Tesla, whatever, Tesla, whatever. These guys, no one is a millionaire here. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. like, really, you think yeah. that this is wealth? This is not wealth. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not. Absolutely. So, so I think that if you really understand money and, and what it is, like, buy what you drive is not, it's not really wealth. No, no. There, there are so many people, like, uh, one of the, the uh, a lender I was talking to yesterday, uh, he calls it jonesing. Uh, like, you know, I was like, well, what happened with you? Well, they're jonesing, you know, like jonesing uh, for what? Like they're jonesing. They're, they're trying to be like the Jones. Oh, <laughs> right. Like, 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 so, so like yeah. people get themselves into so much trouble. Like that's, that was a weed term. Yes. Jones. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. But, but, but they're like jonesing, right? So, yeah. so, so yeah. the thing is they see their friends, uh, they have this type of house. So they buy that type of house. Uh, they have these Car. type of cars. They put their kids into this type of school and Vacation. these activities, these vacations. vacations. Yeah. Uh, these type of things, uh, these new golf clubs, if you care for it, yeah, uh, yeah. or whatever else like that. But like this guy has a million-dollar house, yeah. has a million-dollar house, has a first mortgage at $600,000, has a second mortgage at $200,000, and is looking for another two hundred dollars what is, what's going to happen to this guy? What, why would you put yourself in this situation? Like, I don't get it, guys. Like, why? What is your yeah, life worth living? Like, are you going to be able to sleep? Dude, I got, like, I'll show you my Fitbit, man. I get, like, between six and a half and eight hours of sleep. But I don't care. <laughs> and I love it. You know what I mean? I can go yeah, to bed yeah, yeah, yeah. and I can enjoy my yeah. sleep. I don't have any stress. It's not keeping me up at night. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I can go ahead and buy that 10,000 square foot house right now. TD Bank will eyes closed give me this mortgage now. But I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. What am no. I going to do? Take all of the money I earn and pay interest? No, no man. They'll love it if I do no. it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not stupid. No, but it, but a lot of these people get involved. They, they go to the maximum level. Why? I don't get it, man. So it's funny because you would think that they go to the maximum level and they buy all the stuff and they have all the newest stuff and, and the clothing. And I'm like a little bit of archaic in the sense that because anything I'm going to buy is going to be a deal. It's yeah. a suit, a watch, a shirt, yeah. shoes. It's going to be a deal. Yeah. I don't care if it's last year's model. I'm getting a deal on it. I'm paying half for it. That's yeah. just the reality. That's me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Paul. I agree. Even my cars, those are all deals. Yeah. Trust me. I don't, I don't, you know. Anyway, so um, they're not happy. No, they're not happy people. So what the hell? Yeah. It's, like, it's like, okay, if, if you say buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that, have this equals happiness. Yeah. At least they got something out of yeah, it. Yeah, they got nothing. They got stress, it bro. equals shit. Yeah, they got stress. <laughs> they're so stressed out of their mind. What the fuck? Moving this money around language. from credit cards, man. Moving money from this credit card to this, to pay this loan, to pay this, like shuffling money around. Like, Stop. come on, man. You know, I'd rather live in a in an apartment or something else like that and then just be calm. You know, instead of over leveraging myself, if I can comfortably live in an apartment, look at my look at how I was thinking when I was 21 years old, man. I bought that ghetto condo yeah. at uh, Kennedy and 401. It was 116,000 bucks. At that time, yes, I was completely out of my comfort zone, but I yeah. knew I would make more than 1,200 bucks a month at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But I would have been in my comfort zone. even when I bought the next place. Yeah, I pushed myself, but yeah. I knew I was going to be within my comfort yeah. zone. Do you know what I mean? To a certain point, I would never over leverage myself. Yeah. So what, man? Uh, even right now, I pay off huge chunks or I try to pay off huge chunks of my mortgage and people think I'm retarded. They're like, 
Interest is so low. Why are you banking all this money in your property? You're tying up this money. I don't care. You know, you know what I have bought, man? I bought peace of mind. Yeah, absolutely. I've bought peace absolutely. of mind. I don't care. Absolutely. And, and that gives us the uh, ability. Remember, we've yeah. talked about it in another podcast. It gives us the ability. I go and meet with somebody. Yeah. I don't have to take your listing. Yeah. I want it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to come across cocky. I'm yeah. here to do business. Yeah. I'm here to grow my business. I'm here to, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm here yeah. to help you. I'm, I'm here to provide a good service to you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, man, if you're going to be uh, really annoying yeah. with me and, yeah. and, and, and you, you yeah. know, and if we don't align really, yeah. I'm not committed to taking your listing. I don't need it at the, at the end of the day. I want it, but I don't have to take it. Absolutely. And, and that's what I've bought. I've bought myself peace yeah. of mind. And, and if something doesn't happen for a few weeks, I'm okay. That's, that's all but the point. But you can't be. Yeah. If, if, you're, if, you, if you have a million no. dollar mortgage, no. you have no. these car payments, you have this. We wouldn't be able to sit here and do this. Yeah. If we There's were stressed no way. Out. No, because yeah. you'd, be, you'd be totally freaked out. Yeah. Like, how are we going to do the next thing? How are we yeah. going to make the extra dollar to pay the bills this month? Yeah. It, it is what it is. But this it is why, Steve, low debt gives you leverage. But, but this is why we are able to expand, build our For wealth, sure. and build our knowledge. Because yeah. guess what? Today, right now, we're not chasing down the next dollar. What we are doing here right now and then what we're continuing to do is we're going to be able to build a plan use our heads Absolutely. to be able to build greater wealth because yeah. we have the time to do it think think about my what i'm doing now praying meditating yeah going to the gym twice a day and then reading i'm consuming books like at no one's business right now yeah. like audio and and actually reading yeah so Where's that going to bring me, like in the future? Like that's, and not only that, I'm I'm still de dealing with the development side, dealing with the partners, dealing with the rental properties, dealing with the banks. Deal, you know, it's, it's a whole like. But because of what you do, Steve, imagine. people get into this business, and I'm not I'm not trying to knock people at all, right? But the are you is, are trying to knock people? I'm not. Say? I'm not trying to knock people. Here's man, who's saying trying to knock people. Here you go. <laughs> so you get into the business, and and you get stuck, right? You, because you're not expanding your mind, you're not doing anything, yeah. and not even even in this business anywhere in corporate world. You you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my old boss, best boss. Like I think this guy's the best person out there. You know what I mean? Really nice guy, vice president of a company. Um, but he educates himself. He reads books, this Fair and enough. that. Yeah. But if you just continue to go and you don't educate yourself, expand yeah. your mind, you whatever, you're no. going to become no. in the same situation. Yeah. You get yeah. paid a fifty, sixty thousand dollars salary. Guess yeah. what? You're going to get your inflation increase. You're going to yeah. get your bonus, whatever. But yeah. that's what it's going to be. You're not going to be that executive. You're not going to get to the hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollar salary or yeah. whatever else. It all becomes with where you're able to spend your time. Yeah. People. So even and going back to that, always educating yourself and. I'm huge in that. So yeah. like, I, actually, as soon as I got out of school, I, I that's it. where it kicked in. I hated it, and then when I got out, I'm like, this is bad. Like yeah. now, there's nothing coming in. So then you had to self-educate. I had the opposite effect. I hated school, yeah. but now I got focused into something I like, and I find programs that I like, so and I much, love it so much. Yeah. Like I'm going to be at a conference the next two days yeah. in Toronto, the yeah. building show, right? But it, going back to that, it's it's always trying to better yourself. And uh, I look at I look at a lot of people, even in our industry, where they just you know, it's, it's, they never read a book about real estate yeah. or, you know, the scripts and stuff like that. Like, yeah. are you, you gotta really learn about it. You gotta learn about statistics and always everything that I do, sometimes I overdo things, right? But people say, why do you overdo that for? You're not getting paid for that. Yeah. You're only the poor mindset yeah. mentality is people say, I'm only making 25 bucks an hour. And I'm only going to provide $25. That's right. For work. No, yeah. go above and beyond. Even when yeah. I worked with my dad, I was a carpenter. I worked like two people all day. If it was 44 degrees, I'm on the roof. I was working at full force, yeah. probably damaged my lungs now, but I mean, 
it was it was a machine. Yeah. You know, and I and I and, and not only that, I would go to I learned how to drive a forklift. I got my license. I went to Blueprint Reading. It was so I work all day. I had I had a side business going on, finishing basements, and then I would go to school after that. Yeah. Because when I got to the when I got to the job site, I was I felt already ahead of everybody because yeah. I had an extra knowledge. Yeah. Bullets in your gun, right? Yeah. For you know that's what it is. But but that's so. the same thing, right? Like when I went to work at that corporate place, unloading containers to end up running uh, like a and huge part it. of their business. You but know, you overdid it. You always overdid. But it. I always overdid it. Like. Yeah. I, I remember distinctively. I'm sure I told the story. Let me but ask it's you a like question. Being let me in that ask you a question. Yeah. And let me see if yeah. we can concur on this. You overdo. So I know you said one night you had to set up the, uh, shelving because yeah. that's all they set up in the store. I listen to you when you talk. Yes, yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> always. <laughs> so you you didn't go home that night. That's right. And you stayed there all night. Yeah. Doing this thing. Yeah. Why? Why? Tell me why. Fast. <laughs> because of me. Because God. of me. No, because yeah. of me. Because it's my thing. Do you know what I mean? Like when I. When I get focused on doing something, yeah. like I want it done properly and I want it to the end. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't want to leave it. I but you weren't getting paid way. for that. No. Why? Why did you do it? Because you it's my own thing. Paid. Like I own it. I, I took responsibility. I ran the business like I owned it. So, but if you're a regular employee, you would say, screw it, I'm going home. I'll do this tomorrow. You know, a lot of people have that mentality. Yeah. A lot of people. So why would you stay? But but look, a lot of people I'm in just that curious because what, I'm this, I did the similar. Thing. Yeah, the, uh, like I did it because it's it's me. It's a reflection of me. It's yeah. my work ethic, and I get into it. Like I really enjoy doing yeah. the things that I do, and I think that that's why I'm able to advance in these things. But I yeah. take ownership of it. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That's, yeah. that's just, I'm just curious because yeah. same thing with me. Everything I did it was always to the extreme. Now we're doing this building development. Uh, my building and development, my twelve townhouses. I am doing all the work, yeah. and and it's taking me away from me actually earning money in let's say in real estate where I can I can you know put more energy to this and make a lot more money let's call it. But no one's ever going to take that that education that knowledge no. dealing with with engineers and you can't buy planning. it. No, so you know and there's people outside of my sphere that that look into this and say why do you do that for? It's not worth it. You know it's. You know, Pay somebody to do it, and not even whatever. Like you should. You should split the task. You know, you have a partner. I said, there's. No, I don't care about that. Yeah, I'm in it to win it. I said, and I don't care who's who. Either you're, you got to lead by example. Yeah. Either you're gonna you're gonna be with me or not, and I don't care because I'm not gonna let other factors, like like talking about factors, external factors, take me away from my end goal. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm gonna be like a you know like a. Literally, a gladiator running through walls. I mean, that's that's the mentality you need to have. But you said something very important. I always do. I know, I, I know, but but this, I, but this I liked. A lot of stuff you say, I question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have 70 kilometers. <laughs> no, but, but look, what you said is, is that you're doing it for yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't care about what's going on. For and sure. and that's, that's when a lot of things change. When you start doing it for yourself, you don't care about the Absolutely. things beyond whatever yeah. else like that. And when you're really doing it for yourself and you feel like you're doing it for the right yeah, reason, yeah. I always feel that you're going to get a positive result out a, of doing it. A thousand that. percent. Yeah. Look, look, I'll give you an example how extreme. The, uh, the, our house for Christmas, like we decorate it and, and I'm not doing it because I don't care about it. It's just when I come home, I want to see it a certain way. Yeah. So there's like, I hire a company, they come in with a boom. I spent, you know, the first year was a thousand dollars. It's a thousand dollars. Wow. Now it's $400 to install it. And, and let's say $500 in total for in, I thought in, you got up on ladders and did that. No, not anymore. Oh. Oh, no. It's too expensive. <laughs> oh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'll be in uh, Bowman. Uh, right so, 
you know, and it's all decorating, all preparation for Halloween. It's like, you know, we decorate it for the fall like, yeah. and hay and stuff. I'm not doing it for anything but myself or my family. Yeah. My kids come home, my son, like, look at the blow-ups, daddy, let's go look at the blow-up. It's all about that. And yeah. we always did that. And we don't have like these fancy trees where it's like in a, in a, in a store. It's ghetto. We have yeah. like like tinsel or garden Good. around it. It's how we want it. Me and my wife, and it's a colored, multicolored light. Perfect. You know, it's not like that stark white and everything. Yeah. That's the new modern thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw it. This is, you know, everything we do is a reflection of ourselves. Sure. The way we maintain our lawn, the way we look, we, we do our Christmas lights, for sure. example. It's a reflection of yourself. Of course. And it's like you say, you, you stayed after that night to, to redo this whole aisles and, and set it up for your the guys coming in the next day. It's a reflection of yourself. Yeah. Imagine, and, imagine you, you're like, screw it. Like, I, I gotta, I'm gonna go home and, you know, whatever, kick it. But you're doing do it for yourself. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your family. But even I think like before you're doing it for your family, you're, you're still doing it for yourself because those are still your goals, right? So you're doing it for yourself. And I don't care about anybody else around me, really. If you're not in a line with me, that's fine. But like, Absolutely. I'm gonna do it my way and I'm gonna Absolutely. do it myself yeah. for myself. Whoever's yeah. on board's on board. Yeah. If not, then you gotta get up. Yeah, that's fine. And, and, and that's again, like with with uh with you know friends colleagues whatever it is people your sphere of influence is always that i always talk about having a plate you can only fit so many people on this plate and let's say 15 percent of this plate is full of, of people that don't belong there anymore yeah. because you know various reasons if you don't discard this plate you're not going to incorporate new people in your life because no. you can only service this plate of yeah. people so i found every year and, I, and I, I got onto this pretty early in my career but when you know I would just eliminate, even if it was family, it could yeah. be whatever it was. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? If they don't fit in, they're not supportive, they're gone. Yeah. And I find that uh, doing this, this little drill every year, it's, it's incorporating a lot more better people. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like these people are waiting at the gates. And if you don't realize that by, by kicking these people out, the, the gates will never open for new people. But Is it's that incredible though. But it's like starting to say no more than yes. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's like uh, I'm the guy that would always like to say yes. Okay, I could do this. Yeah. I could do this. I could do this. But you spend your time on like uh, going through a variation of like a, a lot of different people or whatever else like that, where you could focus your energy on certain things. Like you know, instead of doing a dozen things or having a dozen people around you, like. Having three or four or five like close people yeah, like yeah, that yeah, you can yeah. learn off of and, and whatever else like that yeah. is a lot more valuable. And you're right. Until you get rid of some of these people that are not really yeah. there for anything, yeah, yeah. you're going to be able to free up your time. Yeah, you're going to be able to free up your time and do what you got to do. Energy vampires, they call them. So there was a, let me see if I still remember this when we were, when we were taught. So uh, someone in your life should should have one, one of these four things. Okay? Yeah. Um, you can learn from them. Yeah. You can teach them. Enjoy their company, yeah. or profit with, yeah. not from. Yeah. You're not taking from them. No, you're, with. You're you're better than each other to make yeah. more money. Let's say if they don't fit in those four categories, they should not be in your life. Yeah. So I'll, I'll repeat them again. So so profit with. We'll start with that one. Uh, if you can learn from them, teach them, or enjoy their company. Yeah. You think about it. If you break it down to those four categories, really, what's is there a fifth to that? Not really. Like you have friends, no. that you, you know, you go with friends that, that they're, they don't care, they're happy who they are and they don't care about money, but you enjoy their company. Yeah. Awesome. Let's have a beer. Let's, let's shoot this shit. Let's have a lot, a few laughs. You know, you got the people that you can teach someone that wants to be mentored and someone that you enjoy, you know, yeah. sharing information. I love that. That's, that's me. I'm guilty for that. Yeah. I love doing that. And then there's someone you can learn from. Like, yeah. I was always the kid. I was the youngest in the family, but I sat with all the elders. Yeah. Hence, I went to Italy. I sat with my 82-year-old uncle for five days. Wow. And, you know, and just sat there listening to all the stories and all the things, learning about my heritage. It's just that's that's, that's who amazing. I am. Okay, and that's pretty much it. So old souls. Um, 
What do you think? We should sign off? Yeah, man. You <laughs> <laughs> started it, man. Yeah. Okay, good. That's uh, That was a really good episode. I really yeah. enjoyed that. That was good. Um, yeah. Guys, you know, please like or subscribe. And if you got any questions, uh, direct message us. We got our cell phone numbers uh, plastered and everything. So you can definitely message us. We, we would be happy to answer any question. You know, if you're a realtor or um, naturally uh, people in, in, in the looking to purchase uh, or sell real estate, we'd, we'd be happy to service you guys yeah. or even uh, give you some information. Even if you're, you're having bad luck with your realtor and you just want uh, someone to have a chat with, give us a call. Hussein in the East End and, and Steve Zelnardo uh, or Steven in the uh, West End. Yep. Simple, buddy. All right, guys. Good. Yeah. See you next time. See you guys.